The History of the Old Brick Church podcast is brought to you by St. Luke's Historic Church and Museum, located in Smithfield, Virginia. As a museum and historic site, St. Luke's focuses on the development of religious freedom and the early American religious experience. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of History from the Old Brick Church podcast a podcast of St. Luke's Historic Church and Museum in beautiful Smithfield, Virginia. I'm your host, John Erickson, and we would love for you to subscribe and review on your favorite listening platform. We also want to give a big shout out to John Heckman, aka the Tattooed Historian. We've recently become a sponsor to John's wonderful podcast, and I was a recent guest on his program, and we've noticed a substantial uptick in downloads for our podcast since we've begun partnering with John, and we're so thankful for that. And I highly recommend the Tattooed Historian podcast, which tackles subjects of history on a very broad spectrum, a variety of topics, and they're fascinating programs. And I know that you will very much enjoy them. So if you have not already done so, please check out the Tattooed Historian podcast. In our last episode, we kind of teased our latest venture, And by the time that this episode is aired, uh, our executive director, Todd Balance, and I will be in the UK filming a documentary that we are calling Born from Conflict, Cavaliers and Puritans of Newport Parish. Now, the 17th century was certainly replete with conflicts. At the beginning of the century, the wars of Dutch independence were raging, with the Dutch fighting against the Spanish, later known as the Eighty Years' War. In 1618, the Thirty Years' War devastated Europe, and here in North America, after the settlement of Jamestown, there were Anglo-Palatine Wars uh, between the English colonists and the indigenous people. There were rebellions aplenty, and over the course of this year, our educational programming will be taking a look at these various rebellions on this continent. But for the purposes of our documentary, we'll be talking about what became known as the War of the Three Kingdoms. No, it's not an episode of Game of Thrones, though it surely has made for some compelling theater. The War of the Three Kingdoms is what is most known to people as the English Civil Wars. But perhaps you didn't know about the involvement of Scotland and Ireland in that conflict that raged for over a decade in the middle part of the 17th century. It all began in 1625 with the death of King James I, who was also King James VI of Scotland. When he came to the throne in 1603, upon the death of Elizabeth I, it united for the first time the kingdoms of England, Scotland, and Ireland. And this was certainly a recipe for conflict. Ireland, of course, was dominated by a Roman Catholic population. Scotland was primarily Presbyterian, since the 16th century reformation under John Knox. But there were also Church of England Scots and other traditions there. James I had very skillfully navigated these treacherous waters, keeping England out of the conflict raging on the continent and to keep the various religious groups at bay within England. But Charles I was not as savvy as his father. Like his father, he was a staunch believer in the divine right of kings. 
the belief that God had anointed him to rule, regardless of the beliefs or opinions of the people or the parliament. And things got off to a really bad start when Charles sought to intervene in the Thirty Years' War with some very anemic enterprises in Cadiz, Spain, and La Rochelle, France, in 1625 and 1628, respectively. And Parliament was growingly aggravated with the new king. Things got much worse when Charles elevated the Bishop of London, William Laud, to a position of Archbishop of Canterbury. Laud was a proponent of a particular theology known as Arminianism. Arminianism was a kind of counter to the Calvinistic view of the English Puritans and the Scottish Presbyterians. Laud introduced a series of reforms that reintroduced old Catholic forms of worship, coupled with the fact that Charles I had married the Catholic Henrietta Maria of France, and these new Laudian innovations. With a war raging in Europe and the fear of Catholic invasion, Laud's policies were detested by the various dissenting groups, many of whom were disgruntled parliamentarians. Things really began to heat up when a revised version of the Book of Common Prayer was introduced in 1637 and was going to be imposed on the Scottish Kirk, the Scottish Church. Charles was endeavoring to unite the three kingdoms under one church ruled by himself and his bishops, and the Scots wanted none of it. In July of 1637, as the new Anglican prayer book was being used for the very first time at a cathedral in Edinburgh, a woman named Jenny Geddes stood up and threw her stool at the presiding priest reading from the hated prayer book. A riot ensued and swept through the streets of Edinburgh. The following year, a gathering of staunch Presbyterians met and signed a national covenant to uphold the Scottish Church and to oppose the imposition of the prayer book and the Laudian reforms that they saw as popish, their derogatory term for Catholicism. They became known as the Covenanters, and by 1639, both the Scots and the English had raised armies. St. Luke's Historic Church and Museum shares stories from the early American religious experience and the movement towards religious freedom. St. Luke's is a 501c3 nonprofit which relies heavily on public charitable contributions. In order to continue quality programming, like the History from the Old Brick Church podcast, your support is crucially important. Visit us at stlukesmuseum.org slash donate for more information about St. Luke's and to make a donation. Thank you for your support. A brief war ensued, but both sides knew that reaching a settlement was unlikely. A second war came about in 1640, and the Covenanters under Alexander Leslie, a seasoned veteran of the Thirty Years' War, invaded northern England and defeated an ill-equipped and inexperienced royal army. The peace that ensued was humiliating for Charles I and cost him money that he did not have. He was forced to call Parliament back into session in what became known as the Short Parliament. It only met for three weeks. The parliamentarians were angered by these bishops' wars and the clash with Charles I over who had the power to tax. 
Charles I had imposed what was called ship money, a tax that usually was only levied on coastal towns during times of impending invasion. But Charles decided to tax the whole of England to raise money when he had dismissed Parliament in 1629 and ruled for 11 years in what was called personal rule. Well, by the time Parliament was called back into session, the two sides were very much at odds. Charles dismissed them once again. But then rebellion heats up again, this time in Ireland. In 1641, the Ulster Rebellion broke out. The Irish Catholics had decided that the time was right, right after the defeat of the Royalists by the Scots. And they began to wage war on the English settlers, the Protestants within Ireland. Now, neither the Parliament nor Charles wanted to grant the other side the power to raise an army to squash the Ulster Rebellion. Uh, And so uh, when Charles had to call Parliament back into session, Parliament presented Charles uh, with a series of grievances called the Grand Remonstrances. Uh, And Charles was not in any mood uh, to give up any more power to Parliament. He decided to storm Parliament in 1642 and to take captive the uh, leaders uh, of his opposition. But when he arrived with his troops, uh, those leaders, including John Pym, uh, had been tipped off and they were not there. And Charles knew uh, that his hold on power was tenuous at best. And he retreated to Windsor Castle and then fled to the north at York. The War of the Three Kingdoms was about to begin. Our documentary will be examining these wars of the three kingdoms, as well as looking at the restoration of Charles II and the Monmouth Rebellion of 1685 as we venture across the pond. We're very grateful to all of our UK friends who have really rolled out the red carpet for us, and also to many who have very generously made gifts to support our efforts. We'll be looking at these Virginia colonists that came to Isle of Wight and their ties to the conflicts of the 17th century in England. If you'd like to help us in this effort, you can contact us at 757-357-3367, or you can email our executive director, Todd Balance, at tbalance, that's T-B-A-L-L-A-N-C-E, at stlukesmuseum.org. We thank you all for listening and for supporting History from the Old Brick Church podcast. We'll be sending you images and maybe a Facebook Live or two from the UK. So please keep up with us on Facebook and on our website, stlukesmuseum.org. And we'll be recording some new episodes of this podcast as we spend just over a week in the UK. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we look forward to speaking with you again in just a little bit. Uh, from the UK. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. To learn more about St. Luke's Historic Church and Museum, please visit stlukesmuseum.org.